joining us on Moving Radio. This is like a virtual roundtable, people. It's like a virtual roundtable of the impending premiere of The Last Video Store. That's right. You've been hearing me talk about it. Uh, I've been talking to these people for a decade plus about different variations of this. But finally, this is the pinnacle. They have reached feature film status and it just premiered in Austin, Texas. It made its world premiere in Austin, Texas recently. It is, of course, guest today on Moving Radio. First off, we'll go right to Kevin Martin, who claims it's his 10,000th appearance on this program. Kevin Martin, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me as always, baby love. Of course. And, uh, you know, this would not be a last video store roundtable without the two brains that started it all. Uh, that's right. They were young men as they uh, slinked their way into Kevin Martin's store and uh, decided, you know what? We need to make a short film for some guy named Michael Bean, who's coming to the Metro Cinema. It is co-directors of The Last Video Store. First up, it's Cody Kennedy. Hey, just making sure I wasn't on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm keeping that. How's it going? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> He's Hello. so beautifully dressed, ladies and gentlemen, in his favorite T-shirt. It's his last <laughs> video store shirt. He loves it, and I it's don't uh, taking it off. Taekwondo Dad's four on the back was the was, was I, the, yeah. I've been taking yeah, I've been taking it off since uh, putting it on for the premiere. Good call, good yeah. call. Uh, your co-director as well. Uh, this is like uh, you know, you guys are like the salt and pepper of cinema. I guess we would say, right? It's it's Tim Rutherford. Tim, welcome back to the program as well. Thank you, Zip. It's always a pleasure. I'm very excited to talk to you once again and finally tell you the tales of making a feature-length film, which we <laughs> dreamt of so long ago. I think this is uh, marginally better than when I brought you both into my classroom and gave you beer for talking to children. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, that was a total... That, that totally put us for a spin because we realized it had been um, about 18 years, give or take, since we had been in, like, uh, since we met in, like, grade 10, like, a few hundred yards from that classroom. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And you probably had beer in your lockers at that point in time, too. And mm -hmm. finally, it's the face. That's right. I say he's the star. Kevin Martin denies it. But uh, it's the star of the last video store as Action Jackson. None other than Joshua Leonard. Hey, baby. How's it going? And diddly-tastic. And good to hear your voice. Right back at you, baby. It's also good to see you. I know uh, people on the end, uh, they can't uh, see us looking at each other, but uh, it's really good to see you again. Yeah, I got a facial this afternoon just for you boys. But enough about my beautiful face. Let's talk about you and this film, The Last Video Store. Like I said, uh, I've talked to Kevin several times. We've talked to you guys in your journey throughout this. I think maybe the best place to start is is not necessarily right at the movie, but let's let's go right back to the beginning. So I want to throw this first to Cody and Tim and talk a little bit about what was even the beginnings of this elongated project that took decade plus to actually get to for the uninitiated who might not know who you are and the fact that you lived here and we're working here and now that you've you've moved to greener pastures talk to us a little bit about your humble beginnings in edmonton when the roots of the last video store were actually uh, planted 
Well, Cody yeah, and I born, grew born up, and raised. Yeah, grew up here, uh, not too far from our from each other, actually in Millwoods. Uh, we met in grade ten English class. I was drawing a cyberpunk Akira spot inspired picture, and Cody, who is assigned to sit next to me, just leaned over and was like, "Is that Akira?" And uh, we've been basically friends ever since. Uh, we realized I mean, that we shared a passion for movies and cinema and Cody's love of Asian cinema and my deep love of B movies um, made for quite a combination. Cross pollinated all that stuff and then spent time in high school making scripts for short films that we never we were able to really pull off because that's what you do when you're when you're in high school with lots of ambition and then Josh Leonard came along with a year after and uh, got thrown into the drama program and we all kind of were in drama together and writing like sketch comedy as well. Josh actually took uh, a role I had written for Cody in a one act play in grade 11. Uh, Josh was a year below us. Came in with what is still to this day the best audition I've ever seen. Um, Probably because I never make him audition for anything else. But uh, he came in, took that role um, out from Cody, and uh, he's been my main guy um, for my eye ever since. Sorry, Cody. It's all good. I think at that point I was I was still kind of like struggling between like doing art stuff and basketball. I was really into basketball and just ended up, you know, through the X amount of years of now landed in the art stuff, which is cool. But I started playing basketball again, which is good for the office chair of life. Flash forward 10 years from when we all got together and we were standing in Kevin's shop after um finally coming around uh, to making some movies. We had all kind of scattered after high school and found each other once again to like reignite the passion we had for filmmaking in high school. And we made a few short films, entered the Amazing Dead Fest contest, uh, where we were privy enough to get into Kevin's shop, where we proceeded to trash it for another few years, making short films much to Kevin's dismay um, until, you know, another, as it, as it does sometimes, um, we scattered once again, joining separate industries. And from there, we were able to hone certain skills until the time came in, I think it was like 2018 or 17, 2018, we made the video store commercial. Um, and that was kind of getting the band back together. And we've been singing that song ever since so maybe this is like it always coming together and then it kind of split apart but of course it's kevin martin coming right back at you you know godfather three style trying to pull you back in where he's like oh baby love uh, i need a uh an ad <laughs> but kev were you genuinely like i just want to get the band back together again or were you like i just want a commercial i don't know about the band getting back together Honestly, I, I thought the guys they all moved out west coast and, and they were doing good. And uh the store was uh as as always, ups and downs. So I, I think I think it was Cody or maybe it was Tim or maybe both that said, Hey, um, we're in town, we'll shoot a commercial for your store and uh maybe it'll help business we get on YouTube or whatever. So I'm like, Yes, thank God I need that shit. 
the problem was they made it too good. So uh, as the weeks went on, I'm like, hey guys, where's that commercial, man? Business is hurting. I could really use that internet love. Uh, and then Code was like, you know, I think we could touch it up a bit and we could submit it to film festivals. And I'm like, that wasn't the purpose at all, but okay. And then I was getting frustrated. Time went on and, but I, I was wrong. Uh, yeah, I got accepted South by Southwest in 2019. So, you know, a year later, I, I never did get the commercial, actually. Now I think about it. Yeah, I don't know if it helped my store at all. I mean, uh, I think it was a big ruse. They just missed my store. They were like, yeah, we'll do this commercial for you. I'm like, and now that I think about it in hindsight, nah, as much as they love that West Coast Vancouver City life, they missed the dusty basement video store in Edmonton. That's why they did oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's, oh. that's the only place that I would... I would be if I wasn't here. Is in that basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place that I would choose to go to. It's no surprise all the video stores disappeared. With all the downloading and technology. It's not that simple, kid. Video stores like mine have been crushed and forgotten about for the last ten years. <laughs> place i uh i do like the fact kev that you're brutally honest about it and you're like there is no mastermind at work here i really just i wanted something to put online for this store. you're just like well and, we're just gonna make you a short film yeah I, and this is the most amazing thing and i think it maybe even speaks to everything that you've done in some ways that there's a, a a pure intent to what it was, and then all of a sudden you realize uh, once all it all combines, right? Once you come together like Voltron, maybe that it is much more powerful than you even initiated. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa! This can't go online. It's got to go into film festivals. And not only that, uh, we're gonna get into one of the premier ones in North America. On top of that, too. For that, I'll have to give a, I'll give a little bit of credit to Greg, who was the producer on the, the video store, um, because he was like, when we did the commercial, he's like, I was like, yeah, maybe there's some fest. He's like, no, submit it to these festivals, which one was South by Southwest. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work, man. Okay, sure. Um, and then we ended up doing it. So that that was, he kind of pushed us to do that. Or at least like the those festivals where I wasn't even thinking about that. We kind of talked about how that became the impetus to even think about the idea of like the feature being a reality um, after it was already kind of like attempted and then pseudo released on the Blu-ray and stuff like that. You know, we won't get too much into the deep, deep history of, of all those things leading up to it, because I think probably for for our audience's purposes, it'll be kind of interesting to focus on more about like the journey of this specific version of the last video store feature film project. So we, you make the short, you, you get that level of success. Were either one of you like Cody and Tim, were you thinking like, okay, like this feels right. It could be a feature. Or was that something that was kind of proposed to you after the short did well um, from somebody else? Or did you just kind of feel like there had to be enough open doors for you in your life to even think about committing that level of time to it? Because it's so much time in your life as well. Probably a little bit of all of it, <laughs> would you say, Tim? I think there is there was a push, but then there was a kind of a, a wanting to, you know, if we had never done it, then it would just feel like it would just kill us for not making the feature. Yeah, I'd say after like the 2013 premiere at Fantasia, like staying in the Airbnb <laughs> that weekend, you know, we fleshed out an entire TV series and 
a few ideas for the feature and then obviously we would go on to make like straight to video so like we were thinking tv show was probably the best way to fit it in and then after that um you know we kind of thought well i mean we did try that feature film in 2014 but uh we learned a lot about how little money a lot can sound oh a lot of money um can feel like a very small amount very quickly um when you're trying to fill out the like 85 minute mark and just how ill prepared we were for creating something in an industry system that none of us really had any experience in so i think between that failed feature the um the success of the short or the series kind of led itself in tandem to the like thought process and kind of reality and the like i guess the way more grounded setting that we would come to in 2019 after the short did well and we were kind of greenlit on to the Frontiers film market for the following year as a part of Fantasia, we were able to like focus in on a particular um, story, although, you know, the end product as it often is, is not what we had intended right out of the gate the beats of it and uh, the understanding of some of the properties like Caster, the the Beaver Lake Slasher and Prey Stalker, some of these elements that we have created as a part of the evolution of this story, um, we knew resonated really well within the video store and helped kind of elevate a story inside of a video store about the video store itself because Often you see these like narrative movies made and TV shows are getting made in video stores because it's very culturally relevant, but very, you know, rarely are they able to like engage with what the like experience of the video store was. Obviously, we had that in spades with Mr. Martin and, you know, any reason to bring Josh into the feature film to play our villain was uh, worth all the work. I like that they've they now it's now you're the villain, Josh. At first I was just like, he's the face, he's the star. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, that's a subjective thing. Maybe I once I do the thing, I'll be like, Josh is by far not the villain. I'm like <laughs> he's misunderstood. <laughs> a dirty videotape. That's the villain. Yeah, it corrupted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean just even getting through, I mean, you talked about uh, jamming ideas for the script and stuff like that. Not only, you know, are you two, Cody and Tim, kind of the the leaders, I guess, uh, idea-wise of what's happening. This is also a very collaborative process, you know. You have a co-writer from in town. I'm sure that when you talk to uh, to Kevin and Josh about things that, you know, they have some ideas about what to do as well. Talk to us a little bit about the script uh, process before you actually, you know, kind of involved other people. Um, was that the hardest thing to nail down was like, where do we really want to go with this? Like, we know we've got all those influences of the video store, but it can't just be like something that's referential. It's got to be beyond that, because that's probably the thing that's being said the most about your film after that premiere is that it's got more than just references it's it's got a heart and a story and characters that people care about well i think like honestly like right out of the gate you know some of those drafts i don't ever want anybody to see because i would like a writing career 
but you know that's kind of naturally a part of the process sometimes and I had a lot of learning to do about like what exactly makes up a script um, which my partner Cecil Wright as a script supervisor for many years was able to kind of smack me right and um, Cody is always kind of that like sounding board of reason um, trying to like temper the ambition into like more focused ideas that are um, you know like remain achievable um, I'm a little bit of like the sky high we'll just you know we'll shoot over the mountain and if we don't get high enough we'll just take the top of it with us um, and Cody has always been more of the like well why don't we just like you know strategize a little bit better and focus some more on some of these other areas that can like highlight these moments and um, you know like uh, focus more on these types of characters as opposed to you know like we didn't want to make just a reference point of member berries um, you know like so we wanted to create original content Tim is just like a never ending just a well of amazing ideas honestly and it's just kind of like, okay, let's grab these. Scissors. Okay, okay, let's let's turn them into this. But I think a big thing also was uh, for both of us is that um, I mean, we did the first feature attempt, and this and it was pretty crazy, like what we wanted to do, like scope wise, really fantastic world. And I think for this too, the same thing was kind of like, um, you know, we didn't really know how many shooting days we were going to get. There's there's a certain amount of shooting days we thought we were going to get. And it was kind of, okay, like, we think we, you know, everything's kind of set in the store and, and it's kind of this crazy contained thriller with all these fun, fantastical adventure elements. And it was like a process of finding those ideas, putting them in the page. And then the secondary was like shooting it and being able to kind of adapt to like production and things like, you know, maybe not going as well. And like every movie ever shot and all the stories that everyone has about that was kind of learning that process of like, okay, we have like this much time to do this. Like how do we, maybe we have to like modify the idea or something like that. And I think that that was a pretty cool process because I think, uh, you know, Tim is also really good at being able to be like, okay, well, let's do this, 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 and we'll change the pre soccer scene to be this. And she's going to go over there and it's just like, yeah, it's fucking cool. And then, you know, me adding my bits and pieces to it as well. So it's, it was just kind of like a learning process through the whole, the writing just kind of, I think never ended really being the first one too. And then in the end, you're kind of like, okay, I hope I, we, we got a movie, feature length movie. Um, it works. It works. <laughs> Does it work? Yeah. For the most part, it works. Yeah. It's held together. The story makes tape, sense. But it That's, works. Review. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's the review we sense. wanted. <laughs> the story makes sense is all we're asking for. Yeah. And then like adding in, like obviously Kevin has nothing but contributions, you know, like it, it was hard to get him to say the lines we would write when he could just come up with like better rants. Um, being a professional renter, you know, having that contribution as well to like the whole picture really helped his character come alive. And Josh and I um, had the pleasure of working together for many years during this process, including the like final throws of the script. We were living together um, at a mansion that the company we worked for owned and nobody lived in. So uh, we spent a summer just kind of like jamming together, watching action movies and um, kind of like getting that foundation from the character. Maybe Josh can speak to it a little bit more, that process of contribution. Yeah, Josh brings it 120%. Yeah, that whole time in the, the, the mansion, you know, that's that's just the, you know, halfway mark of the uh, journey of Viper. 
when it came to the introduction of the character, you know, uh, you know, Tim mentioned earlier where, you know, I did one audition, you know, a long time ago and I haven't done one since. Well, that's not entirely true because when he did prose the idea of Viper, he's like, baby, you're, you're going to have to start working out. And I was just like, what are you talking about? You know, like I'm fit. And he just like, I could see his eyes, like look at my stomach and then look back up me. I was just like, okay, yeah, you're right. But you know, that was just uh that was a, you know, a real rough patch. Cause when I moved out to the West coast, it was, uh, I moved out in uh, like an old 84 motorhome. So I thought I was, you know, I just watched once upon a time in Hollywood. So I thought I was Brad Pitt going to, north hollywood la you know i was just like yeah i'm gonna live on movie studio sets and i'm gonna make it yeah it didn't stop raining and there was so much you know black mold that was you know starting to develop and i was getting real sick so it got to the point where uh i was working on uh, hallmark movies and i was able to get the enough ex- enough experience to you know see what it's like on set to to get that experience and to understand that you know a schedule is very important and you have to develop that the the dependency on your crew, and you have to understand that there there's a time limit. You can't just you know be picky about one thing. You have to let's move. We have to move on. It was a really good experience, but it, it got to the point where um, I was supposed to work with Tim, and uh, they they couldn't hire me right away. So I was doing these these movie jobs, but it got uh, a bit of a dry spell to the point where I was almost about to turn tail back to Edmonton and literally and I shit you not zip it was uh, it was like the night before I get a phone call hey so you want to work at the studio and I was like yeah oh my god thank you so much (laughs) it was it was great but I had lost a lot of weight I was about 170 pounds you know wet and uh you know Tim was right I had to hit the gym so I did and uh I hit the gym for you know good eight to 12 months and I gained 30 pounds of muscle and uh, I was also practicing more Taekwondo because my audition was I had to be able to do a three kick combo <laughs> flawlessly without, you know, tripping over myself. And uh, I showed Tim and, uh, you know, I got that, that nod of approval. It was almost like a, a montage zip. It was almost like, you know, it, you know, the freaking, I want to be a hero and then get it. And it was great. <laughs> so, uh, so he's the Mickey to your rock. There was uh was there chicken chasing Tim? Was there uh, was there any reference to to Josh being like a bum? You're a bum, Josh. Uh, no, no, I, I was I was totally positive all the time. Um, you know, I I would find ways to to push Josh a little bit harder, um, and you know, try and ensure that we're achieving you know the level of fitness with um his health in mind although you know that becomes a very difficult thing for an actor to not only you know portray a mentally unstable role while like physically demanding to no end because not only did josh get in immaculate shape for the film and you know was more than capable of kicking somebody three times with slow-mo replays involved he also helped build the set um, which became like a, a critical aspect for me to be able to lean on because, you know, a lot of late nights leading up to the picture itself, uh, the principal photography was just Josh and I 
building things, uh, you know, carpentry, construction, and fabrication. Um, we put together almost that entire set um, as far as the, like, walls are concerned. My name is Kevin. I am trapped in a world of movies, fighting to survive. It wasn't always like this. I used to own a video store. That's where this whole mess began. This is my odyssey. Well, we uh, will check in and we'll remind people again. We are talking about the last video story here on Moving Radio. And our guests today are Cody Kennedy, Kevin Martin, Tim Rutherford, and Joshua Leonard. As we talk about the uh, the impending premiere of the last video store right here in your hometown. Just got announced today, although that's the live thing. Uh, clearly, you're listening to this later. So therefore, it wasn't this day. But you can check it out at the Metro Cinema on October 22nd. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I'm going to say it sells. Everybody come. Everybody. Oh, I think everybody's going to be. I just thought I'd update you guys. So the tickets went on sale about, I think, eight hours ago, six hours ago online. I've already had Guy, uh, you know, who runs Northwest Beer Fest, saying, I can't even keep up. The tickets are blowing up, man. Like they're just, uh, I don't know what that means exactly, but I got, I got a message. I got a message from uh, our good, uh, amazing friend who did the most amazing soundtrack for our movie, Brandon Boucher. And Boucher is just like, Kev, it sounds weird. I'm way more nervous about this Edmonton screening than I was about the whole Austin, Texas screening. And I said, you know what? So am I, dude. So am I. This is just a different kind of feeling. Well, I think it's going to be an incredible experience, whether people go to just see that screening itself. Of course, Northwest Fear Fest is going to be playing for the entirety, pretty much that week. You can always check out more at Northwest Fest website or on their social media. As we kind of get back a little bit to like the process of this. So it's a it's a very Edmonton story about a very Edmonton store, but yet it is filmed in Hamilton, <laughs> which the is not... Hamilton of Ontario. That's yes, not... yes. <laughs> it's not a bad thing necessarily. So let's they talk. They shoot a lot of cool stuff in Hamilton, I guess. Yeah, well, the Las Video Store, obviously. Right? <laughs> uh, the home of Tim Hortons. You got uh, you got and some Camilo Toro second homes. Mm-hmm. Right. So kind of lead us up into like what was happening before, you know, you actually got on the plane and and started to be like, okay, we're all meeting in Hamilton. How did this all kind of come together? All right. Before that, I know there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. little details about it, but how did this come together where it was like, okay, now we're actually ready to go to Hamilton and have this happen? feels like there was like a, it was a standby ish thing where, right. Tim, where it felt like there was a couple of weeks where they're like, okay, the funding is going to come. We think we're just kind of waiting for like the official green light. And we were just kind of like on edge and kind of like prepping as much as we could, like in Vancouver, like when it came to like, maybe does costume stuff and designs. And then there was kind of like a, the funding's in, you have a week of prep kind of thing. Go. Yeah. So we got like the green light in November. They're like, yeah, we're going to give you some money and X amount. Like, oh, awesome. When do we get that? And they're just like, yeah, we'll get back to you. Um, And it was a little bit kind of touch and go for a little while. Um, Obviously, like the pandemic made things, uh, you know, very, you got to step with a fleet foot around a lot of kind of preparation stuff and 
you know, big meetings uh, are being ha- handled on Zoom. Uh, we did some of the hiring in like late December, early January. Um, and as we got all those pieces in place, I left a few weeks early to go to Toronto to um, meet with our main actress, uh, Yaya Adams, um, to meet with a lot of our crew and kind of get them orientated, uh, do a lot of like footwork. Um, and like Cody said, like I did a lot of that on, uh, you know, like my own coin and my own time to like prep for what we knew was going to be a very tight schedule. And then um, the, you know, six days before the we get the studio and the pictures start, we finally get the money and it, it everybody lands, uh, you know, like Josh lands, Cody lands, and we're just like scrambling all over Ontario. Um, you know, I drove about two hours north of uh, Toronto itself to go and get the TV, like the the centerpiece, which is a, a 1981 Sony Trinitron, the same model as Poltergeist. Um, a... So it was worth the trip in the end. Um, and I had to load it in the car with the help of like a 79-year-old uh, dude who used to party with Ivan Reitman. It was a whole experience. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I took Kevin to places to go and like help load the truck. Um, it was very much like a full foot race, um, all hands on deck, no exceptions. If you were at that studio, you were helping prep or build or finish or paint. Um, there was kind of no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, uh, Cody's partner, Yoko, was a brilliant painter, um, as we all discovered. Um, she came down and worked through her birthday uh, to help us finish. And those like those were the, you know, I would call it some of the worst days of my life, leading to some of the best times of my life, um, because it was just so stressful to try and organize the entire production and make sure that the story is good and the script is ready and my actors are prepped well you know we're like running lines and josh is on the ladder working with a drill to like screw in our makeshift scaffolding i mean completely safe and totally to code scaffolding (laughs) and like other types of things we're working alongside the lighting crew who you know laid i think uh, something in the the realm of about eight thousand like feet of cables, because um, we had the whole thing running on a board um, to control the overhead lights, and you know all of these aspects coming together in that first day of shooting that didn't start until after lunch, um, and it was that <laughs> some kind very of nervous people. <laughs> yeah, some very yeah. nervous people. Some uh, you know producers flying in on planes to come you know make sure we're doing it right and all that kind of stuff uh just kind of led itself to a very um fun and true like earnest experience with such a powerful and like great crew um and i think that just like for such a small group uh we really couldn't have gotten as far as we did if it wasn't for the like absolute professionalism and dedication and uh you know of that crew and also their just like unbridled love of kevin martin and jackson viper was just really like energizing our entire crew so that was just like big shouts to them yeah because it was for, way too much for just us because for them it's like they, they've worked on other things i think it was a first feature for a lot of 
lot of us and even some of the crew but like i think them just seeing kind of like how passionate we were as a core you know like kevin and josh building stuff and us just were like this is like obviously really important to all of us definitely helped uh get them feeling they were part of the band as well as we were also kind of like feeling like we were fish out of water like having to shoot in ontario just because of the how the structure of the companies worked and you know we it wasn't exactly where we'd want to be to shoot this but it just where we had to be to be able to shoot it so it was kind yeah. of cool to see that all like kind of work and then constantly like this the film every day is a battle i guess the, the point that both you guys made, I, I just want to double down that because, yeah, the crew, they didn't know, like, obviously our backstory and our history of what we we're trying to make. And they've worked on their stuff. So I don't know. I don't know about Josh, but like I, I kind of took it upon myself and I'm sure you guys did too. Like a lot of these guys are working on this movie, had no idea that a I owned a real video store. They just thought it was like a, an actor of some kind. And I'm like, no, like this and once it's like, once they found out what the whole purpose of this movie was like, wait, there's a real video store. And then, and like, you guys have been buddies for all these years. And like, this also all come to this. I, I think we kind of rallied them like to believe in the project more than just a job. They're like, yeah, I can totally get behind this. Pretty cool actually. So yeah, it's just everybody, like you said, uh, everybody jumped on the bandwagon of a video store goodness. That's true. Everyone did jump in. Uh, as soon as they found out about your video store and, you know, love for movies, you know, it turns out everyone had that love for movies. And it, it was, you know, there was times that were stressful, but we were all became a family. It was like we've been friends for so long, but they were just playing catch up. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the shoot, we were all that tight. By the end of it, we were all, you know, guessing movie titles, uh, roles, and it was it was some moments, you know, we were laughing, we were, you know, crying, and it was just, it was some beautiful moments. <laughs> you guys, you guys remember the last day uh, of official filming? I think it was day fifteen, and I can't remember who it was in the morning. We put on the music. Remember when? And everybody's like getting ready, and it was always movie theme music. I, remember, I took a video of it. I, I want to say Benji. It was Benji, Benji yeah. And it'd be Dave, like, yeah. guess, guess the theme, guess what movie this song is from. You know, every morning it became like this nerdy thing, and it was pretty cool, actually. I'm pretty sure I guessed every single one. Of course you did, dude. <laughs> You're a master. So a we're master. just a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Nerds with a purpose and hmm. talent, that's for sure. You know, something went kind of going back to a little bit of what Tim was talking about in this preparation of it, which must have seemed very frantic. And even sometimes mm -hmm. in some of my conversations with you, Kevin, before you were going there, I I know, you know, those feelings of like nervous, worried, uh, uh, is this too much? How are we going to get this done? Um, so many things, the pressure that you feel, the responsibility of all of this. And it's not things that you hadn't done before, but it was in, the stakes are much higher at this point in time, right? So talk to us a little bit about those kind of feelings of whether it's imposter syndrome or whether it was just the kind of pressure you put on yourselves. What about those kind of moments of vulnerability were each one of you feeling in the roles that you had to fulfill? And I'll just go with, uh, I'll just go with Cody, since you're the first one up on my screen here. What were some of the things you were kind of grappling with where you're like, I'm really worried about this? Stamina. I don't have like I I I have the post production stamina. I can stay up all night for days working on it in post. But waking up 
in the morning and then like just it just the stamina was hard i think and then i think it's just like everything always feels like it's uncertain i guess in that atmosphere because there was like some uncertainty like you know in our into our shoot when we like we did get sh- shut down for, for uh covid um spoiler alert but like it just like there's it just felt like there's it's just kind of grappling and keeping trying to keep as level as you can um with all that stuff and obviously it's like if you're you know as a as a co-director and as a team tim and i is like people are looking up to you to like you know you you gotta make sure that you keep the energy up um so i think for me it's just making you know making sure that i could i could do it tim's really good at you know he feels that that really well with just routing and getting everybody in there and then sometimes i'm you know i feel a little bit tired or this and that so for me it was just making sure to try to keep that that stamina i think of, of gained good experience for for the stamina but i think yeah just i think i think the prep time the prep thing for for probably all of us was, was really scary because it wasn't enough time and it was literally like finishing the the entire set between like four or five of us and that was scary like kind of like we can't not be shooting at this time we've been told and like you know in the past for short films we can be like okay well we you know we have a bit more control of this if it's not ready but we just didn't have that and then if you're you know if you're not making the days too like you have to make your days and if if uh you know your your ad doesn't think that's happening or not they might you know there might be things that come up so it's just kind of learning all these things which i think by the end of it are definitely battle torn warriors and ready to like kick ass and like know exactly like what to do even though there will be more challenges the next time but yeah it's my long-winded answer for that i don't even know if i answered it well you nailed it buddy it was all the feelings i'm i'm glad i'm i'm really just here uh for therapy for you oh. yeah thanks uh, <laughs> that's what i thought this was i'm always <laughs> well, you're, you're playing this for everybody <laughs> yeah well i'm not monetizing it so hopefully okay. that <laughs> <laughs> i'll make mine short and quick because again we've talked to death about the zip but uh I, I remember it's one thing doing the shorts with your friends, you know, because they're my friends and they'll tell me, oh, you're doing great, Kev, and all this stuff. And it was just, you know, a few hundred bucks in my real video store. There was really nothing at stake. The idea of like going to other side of the country on a fake version of my store and working with people that, again, worked in the industry or worked on like, you know, quote unquote, you know, real stuff. Uh, and uh, you went, you mentioned imposter syndrome. And um, I remember Jason Eisner talking about when he got greenlit to do Hobo with a Shotgun from that fake trailer to the real movie, he originally wanted the same actor who played the Hobo in that fake trailer to do it. And the I don't know the actor's name. He was a local guy. At the last minute, the guy just crumbled under the um, like the stress of like, I, I can't do this, dude. Like, you need a real actor. Like, I you know appreciate it. And I was still convinced because Tim and Cody, as much as they would back me up, they're not in control of the money. That's, you know, I was still like worried up like literally a week before that I was supposed to fly out that the money people are producers and like, well, you know, maybe we should get an actor actor to actually play this guy instead. Something that'll help sell the movie more. The stress of like being able to live up to what my dear friends think i could do because like uh you know if i fucked it up i'm fucking up their chance too for future projects you know i remember like that 
we we uh, Tim, you remember this? We we had like a quick rehearsal, like the day before, like the day before we started filming, or two days, and that was the first time I, I met Yaya. Yeah, I've been busy helping painting the set, like everybody was saying. You know, we were all hands on, and then Tim was just like, "Dude, tomorrow, no more fucking building the set. Just like focus on your character and." try to try to work on that and on one hand it was good advice but the other hand i was like oh shit man like this is bad like if tim's like forcing me to like just sit on a couch watch some uh i remember i watched the natalie portman acting school videos i can't remember it was cody or tim that told me to watch them might have been both you guys but that actually helped so you know kudos to natalie portman and her youtube videos uh i, I focused the on master class master class yeah the master class yeah I, I watched yeah. a few of them code uh, yeah uh but yeah zip that was my my biggest uh my biggest stress out was imposter syndrome because i just think they probably could have hired an actor actor from toronto or something to play me well they didn't so we made the movie so haha jokes on you suckers i got through it all right tim you're next <laughs> or josh I, get, I think the preparation stuff, like, obviously very stressful, a lot of, like, moving pieces, a lot of, like, very scary, you know, circumstances kind of lingering over, like, you know, trying to balance the, like, production design, the set builds, the props and all, and then the, like, director part of it um, was all very, very stressful. I think leading up to it i my biggest question is i was like laid in bed couldn't sleep so i had to go to the set and paint the trim on the ceiling because they were all white and i needed them painted black so that we could shoot as much of the shop as possible because you know we finished in that first week the ceiling um throughout the week um and just kind of strategically shot around it but i went there and i started painting them and I guess I just really got hung up on whether or not I had compromised too much of the like aspects of the story um, that I, you know, like that meant a lot to me and like whether or not I had balanced what makes this a unique project against like what was possible. And I think that that leading up to that day and then like not being able to like shoot until noon, not getting my full set built like all of these things kind of like led up, like, did I make the right decisions to give everybody the opportunity to be as successful as possible? Or did I compromise where I shouldn't have? And, you know, I think that was for me, like the biggest stress. And like, you know, it persists to this day. I sit in the movie and I watch it and I was, I shouldn't have compromised. Oh, I'm glad I compromised. Like, oh, oh, I see that. Like, I totally abandoned what I thought was important. And I see now that, you know, that was irrelevant to the, the finished product. But I think like that stress, I, from what I'm to understand, talking to our friends at RKSS, meeting Jackie Kong at the festival, getting a chance to like, talk to people like Joe Lynch, like that feeling never goes away. And it's totally normal to feel like you've made the wrong decisions in the wrong place, but you just have to put your faith in the audience to kind of give you that feedback and fill that gap that you kind of like leave in yourself. So I think like, you know, in retrospect, it was a totally normal and beautiful thing to be, you know, stressing out about that on top of a ladder while black paint drips on my face at 6 a.m. with a 8 a.m. call time. Well, hey, Tim, did, did Jake West give you no know, like words of wisdom in Austin as well? 
Oh, I thought well, Jake you know, would have been the most vocal. Yeah, he's just go do it. Well, well, we'll lean on Josh to do the impersonation maybe at the end yeah. of his. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Josh. <laughs> every every set needs a Josh. Josh mm-hmm. is literally like, if anybody was down or if anything felt like it was hard to get up, he would just bring the entire mood all the way back. Like, it's insane. I don't know what magic powers you possess, Josh, but... They just need that, like, who's the Josh on the set? Like, it should just be, like, a credit of the person that can, like, keep the production happy in, like, the worst lows of the lows and stuff like that. I just wanted to say that because it was, like, super important. Josh just, not only as an actor, but as a friend, but also just, just as a human. I don't know, yeah. man. Just just be able to read the room and just... Thanks, man. Honestly, like, I really appreciate you saying that. <sighs> it's, it's overwhelming, because, you know, all of my life, I've always encountered, you know, a certain amount of emotions, or I would, you know, it, it do a, a, a skit or a scene, and it would, you know, affect people, and I would see how that would affect people, and I would get a reaction out of it, and sometimes it would be, you know, it would be too much, depending on the, the individual, and over time, I have, you know, learned, you know, maybe I shouldn't say something like that, or, you know, maybe I should be there for an individual or you know i wonder what they're going because it's it's super important that in your surroundings that you're not the main view everyone is a you know a collective and this 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 organism that really works together very well and yeah there were stressful times you know it, it was just like oh we uh okay we have a we have a uh, this uh, young feller, I forgot his name, but it was like, yeah, we got uh, him helping you, you know, build the flats and put it all together. And, you know, and I see a shake his hand and I, I, I'm awful with names, but I'll never forget a face. John. John. Yeah. A young boy. And uh, I was like, Hey, do you have any experience with uh, power tools? And he's like, uh, Nope. I was like, okay, well, you, you have steel toes on. So that's good. And uh, I was just like, Hey, well, you're going to help me carry this. You're going to hold this you know, hold it in place and then I'll screw it together. And then we'll able to get the whole shell of the, the set put together. But uh, he was, he wasn't there for most of the time. So uh, when it came down to it, it was, it was mostly Tim and myself building columns, you know, doing woodwork construction. And then the, the ceiling, uh, the, the painting obviously was a collection of people. And I had to, you know, get, you know, the scaffolding as Tim said, you know, ready because uh, we were thinking about putting lights on these, uh, thin uh square tubing and as soon as we put it up i looked at tim i'm like nope (laughs) so uh, we 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 reinforced all of it to um, ensure that you know obviously it's going to be safe because there's one thing i learned about being in a film set if you have any kind of equipment or weight above someone's head especially crew or actors doesn't matter you got to safety chain that you got to ensure that it's strong threefold because you know, if anything falls on someone's head in a you know in a set, and it's because of me, it'll fucking kill me. You know, so it, there's a there's a lot of that in the factor. You know, if there's you know going to be weight or load bearing parts of the set, that it's just like you know I hope that doesn't fall apart. But it's no, it's we, we ensured that we built that, so it was uh, it was stressful for that uh, aspect. But uh, when it came to you know the crunch time, uh, there's the most beautiful thing when it comes to the the work ethic of a human being is when they're when they're pressured in a certain amount of time they can accomplish so much 
And especially when they do it with, you know, people that they love, trust, and absolutely are devoted to their image. And when it comes to this project, there were times, you know, I was just like, oh, this is, you know, this is, it's really, really pressed for time. But there was never once a thought in my mind, even when the whole, you know, COVID thing happened, I still believed that we were going to do this project. We were going to finish it with the skin of our teeth, but we were going to do it. There was never a doubt in my mind because, and I'm going to quote, nothing is over until it's over. If you don't want me stepping in, this just reminded me, you, you want to talk about a 10 year journey that actually comes full circle. This is shows what an emotional, beautiful human Josh is. So Zip, as you might remember, one of our shorts that we did back in 2012 was a spoof on They Live. It was for um, one of the Dead Fest readings. Now, in that, in that short, me and Josh reenacted the Rowdy Roddy Piper Keith David fight. And even though it looked great in the first two takes, Tim and Cody insisted, do it again for a third take. Why? We got it. Anyways, on the third take, I actually punched Josh in the nose. Now, I still think Josh stepped in too close. Or maybe I swung. Anyways, he bled. I went to the bench outside my store. I was I was really upset. I was really emotional. And and Josh came out and he was laughing with his nose just bleeding and stuffed up. Uh, and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Anyways, the reason I bring it up, flash forward 10 years later when we're shooting this movie. And now there's a scene where Josh being, quote unquote, the villain has to sort of manhandle me in a scene and he's doing things to me against VHS tapes on the shelf. And, uh, you know, I'm fine. Anyways, we finished filming that day and I look at Tim and I'm like, where's Josh? And he's like, Oh, he's in the back dressing room. Like he's pretty upset right now. I'm like, why? I remember talking, Josh told me, he goes, he was very emotionally upset. This is what a beautiful man he is. And a method actor too, I guess. He's like, I just felt bad for like beating up my friend. You know, I'm like, it's cool, man. We're just acting. I remember I, I ever asked him, like, should I go say something to Josh? Tim's like, no, no, just let Josh have his moment. You guys will talk in a bit. I'll go talk to him. But it's just that's that's how passionate and emotional and, and a, the best way possible Josh is. But I just found it funny that literally a decade later, after uh, you know, I'm apologizing to him. Now he's apologizing to me 10 years later going, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's cool, baby. It was just part of the job. It's all good. We're buddies. You know that. I love How you. the tables have turned. I do got to say, though, the most beautiful moment that we had on set is uh, we had a dartboard up. <clears throat> I was going to bring that up. Yep. Now, that, and, was, uh, that was number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that is our, our love of, uh, it reminded us, well, of, of our, all of our former homes, Edmonton and White Ave, and we like throwing darts. And uh, and the fact that the guys brought a dartboard to the set in, in Hamilton, and it was during that week we couldn't film during COVID, but we still wanted to fix up the set and it had to build some of the other sets. And then, uh, Josh, I guess it was you that pulled the dartboard, you set up the lights and and you guys were smart enough to bring your darts. I didn't think it would go through the airport security system. You guys managed to get yours over somehow. But, um, man, playing darts. And then we had some beers. I think all that was missing was, like, Joseph serving up, serving us the beers, you know, like as our bartender. But it was like, yeah, it's just those, those little moments uh, that, that meant a lot. Well, I mean, there's probably a few moments where I was just expecting him to walk on set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, I know you. 
Caster Creeley. Can't say I'm a big fan of your movies. I mean, you had a funny backstory, and the kills were pretty sweet. Gordy, no! And now Creeley's coming for us. Don't say that, man. You know, now that I think about it, the setups were all great, but all the kills were off screen. I mean, that's just lazy filmmaking. So if you could just, I don't know, show me how to get out of this flop of a movie, that'd be great. Whoa, whoa! I'm not even supposed to be here, all right? I'm not even a teenager. I'm a video store clerk. I mean, there was this beta tape, and there was this voice yelling at me, and I got sucked in the TV, and... We're here today on Moving Radio doing a virtual roundtable discussion about The Last Video Store. Uh, it has already made its world premiere in Austin, Texas, which we're going to talk about very soon here. But you can catch it if you happen to be one of the lucky people that get into the Metro Cinema on Sunday, October 22nd. It is making its Edmonton premiere uh, where it's going to blow the doors off that place on that Sunday night. Uh, expect a sellout. So get your tickets soon uh, as possible. One of the things uh, I do love hearing you guys talk about is that idea of like just coming together and under, under so much like stress and duress and just like craziness of making something beautiful together. So it's it's uh, it's amazing to hear that kind of story. And I appreciate you guys being very honest about that too, um, about what that kind of creative process is and the vulnerability of that in making the film. So, you know, there is that part of let's write the story. Okay, is this good enough, right? And we know it's going to evolve, but we need to be at the right place so we can get to step three or four or whatever. Then you're like, okay, so the next thing is you just talked to us about Okay, we got to Hamilton, the process of shooting it. And we've just probably told like, you know, one story of thousands of stories on that set. Now, you know, you get into that process of, uh, you know, Cody holds himself up in his studio and is looking at this thing over and over and over. Oh, God. <laughs> we could get into it and we could probably do an hour on the editing alone. Right. But I also mm. don't want to give too much away about the film right so why don't we kind of like forgo that a little bit and keep this as a bit of a preview and let's talk about like what was that experience after each one of you only kevin was the only one to not see a cut right early all three of you had already seen it so all three of you have already seen it kevin goes in completely 100 blind into that premiere so talk to us a little bit about your own feelings and what it was like being there from the beginning, this whole, you know, decade plus journey, um, this uh, adventure with your friends and what that was like sitting there in that theater, um, watching the premiere of the last video store at Fantastic Fest in Austin. I want to know what you guys think more than me. I'm the just... question was to you. Let's go. Oh, gosh. You are you directing me again? That's what you're doing, aren't yep. you? I never stop. I know. So, yeah, you're right, Zip. I hadn't seen a, uh, any cut of the movie. I saw some of it uh, last October. so over a year. Well, a year ago, I guess, when I was in Vancouver. Like I had. To, I was forced to watch some of it for referential, for reshoots. I didn't know what to expect. Me, personally, I, I was... I was really shocked. Like it, it looked like a movie. Uh, as we quoted earlier, the story made sense, which is a win. 
And, you know, I, I know Zip, we talked about over beers uh, earlier, but like, uh, I usually don't like looking at myself in, a, in any of the shorts or the movie or hearing myself. But I remember, I remember in the theater, this just like, I'm like, God damn, I sound good, man. Like every time I said a line, like I actually enjoyed the sound in my voice, which I <laughs> honestly, guys, I don't, I don't like the sound of my voice and shit. So I was, that was like, that was new for me. I understand now in a weird way, like, like, like Cody said, like the movie was literally duct taped together just for that festival. Like hopefully, you know, we get some more money to polish up the, the stuff, but, but because it was duct tape, the earnesty and like people got, well, I think we were going for was love of video store culture. It's like, I'll just steal a quote from RKSS, uh, our friend, Johan. He literally said after the movie, Kev, I knew I'd like movie in his broken French English, but he goes, I was not expecting to feel feels in the feels. And I actually looked at him like, neither was I. And I was, I'm, I'm literally, I was about to say something, but it would spoil the, the ending of the movie. So I'm not going to say anything, obviously, but for a silly little video store movie yeah. and I know I was told the movie has a lot of heart. And now that I finally saw it, I'm like, it does have a lot of heart and you know, the people that get it, get it. So I, that, I think that's what I took most out of it was just like, man, like aside from like the obvious, you know, movie references and all the silly stuff and, Josh's amazing like body and his ass shot and his van damnness. You know, it it it, it had it has some feelings. And uh yeah, I'm very proud of it. I'm proud of what these guys were talking with did uh on such a tight string budget. I, I just didn't know what to expect. And what I saw was just like, yeah, man. I can't, you know, like our movies playing with we played some pretty, pretty big movies in Fantastic Fest. And uh, the fact that we were part of that group is is pretty cool. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> you, you did the video store proud. That's all I can say. That's everything to me, man. That means that means everything to me. Yeah, I think uh, was it one of the reviews we got in the slash film the website. I think he he kind of uh, I think some of those parts that you were talking about, Kevin, is is um, resonated with uh, with a few people where you know. Like when you have those moments that are just kind of a little bit down moments that were unexpected, which is cool to kind of see that. I think, hey, Cody, uh, was that the review that like they actually took a quote from the movie? I can't remember. One of you guys wrote this line. It was like, uh, I used to get paid yeah. to talk about movies and then people stopped coming. I think that was a line or something like yeah. that. And like that, man, that was posted on a couple of reviews. And it, like, Again, you can tell the people that, that that saw the movie that know what video stores were or maybe worked at one, maybe before they worked for movie websites. They're like, fuck, that hit them hard. It was like a gut punch. And here we are making a silly comedy, but, you know, on one hand, there's some there's some depth to it, I think, from that era. Yeah. Anyways, Josh, Tim, what do you got? To see it, you know, all compiled together, you know, without any kind of green screen, you know, it's just Cody really, you know, bled and sweat and, you know, you know, harmed his own health, you know, to, you know, put this project out. And, you know, Cody, it's it shows how much you put into it. And, you know, don't give yourself, you know, any less credit than you deserve or, you know, don't, you know, sell yourself short because it it shows how much you put in, how much you edit, how much mm. you, you really 
want to make all these scenes, you know, put together. And, you know, when I got to see, you know, what was presented in Fantastic Fest, and as soon as we all sat down, it was very exciting. You know, we're all very nervous, but, you know, the, 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 the moment we like sat down, you know, like Tim's on the left, Yaya's on my right, you know, Cody, you know, he's just right next to Yaya. And, uh, you know, that moment, as soon as the lights went out and Brandon's tone is mm. composed, music comes on. Mm. The, the first thing I can think of is I grab Tim's hand and, you know, I'm, I'm getting all freaking teary eyed, just freaking, you know, talking about it. But it's just like, like we made a fucking movie. Yeah. That was our mantra. Yeah. yeah. And we, we kept, you know, pumping ourselves up to that. And, you know, it was very important for, you know, for us, you know, for Kevin, especially, you know, for to get him to that point and to really show people the the love of the video store and the love of movies and every person that you know is that's in our you know generation or age or you know who knows maybe even a younger gen where it's just like they're curious about it maybe this will you know really open up the eyes and it'll you know present a, another era of video stores to reopen and you know it'll flourish you know I, you know and maybe don't quote me on that but what what a world that would be um yeah i think the for me like that moment of i guess like relief or you know like where the movie kind of changed from the process of editing to you know like having premiered you know it wasn't necessarily like going up on stage or anything like that like doesn't really bother me but the like that moment of the the end of kevin's commercial at the beginning of the movie um and that like the way that the, like the music trends just kind of like transfers between the like the commercial to like the movie starting that well i mean caused like me to just be in full flop sweat because it was like that like well it's kind of make or break now but that moment where i realized that brandon boucher had like made a film soundtrack out of the like little time that he had and the like the limited resources that we had that was like the moment where i realized like we had indeed made a full ass movie and there's you know two three feet theaters full of people like excited to watch it and that like that breath in before like the plunge that just never seemed to end since we wrapped finally was able to like exhale like I was finally able to just like and it was that moment um when Kevin is standing at the de the desk and it's the one part that just has made me laugh through no matter what throughout the movie like throughout the process I, I just always laugh this like it's like the most Kevin moment that you could imagine when he just goes off on a tangent and the whole audience responded and I was just like okay they love Kevin as much as I do and that's what we like set out to do here as far as I was concerned I, I would like to add I didn't know this was going to be in the credits uh, I didn't know how this movie was going to open because I hadn't seen it I absolutely loved whoever's decision it was zip spoiler I know you haven't seen the movie yet but it literally opens with a, fil a film by Tim and Cody or a Tim and Cody film. 
They didn't use last names. They kept it just like the short films, a Tim and Cody film. I thought it was so fucking cool, man. Like it just, it it just made me feel, you know, super young when I met him. When I was only in my mid thirties, not late forties, but you know, they were just children, and it was awesome. It's a Tim and Cody film, and like they're still in high school seeing that. It was awesome. I, I always keep that, boys. That's uh, cool. Yeah, I never, I didn't actually think it was gonna make it past the. The post house which is kind of cool to see it i actually didn't know that was gonna because i had it and i was yeah. assuming there's gonna be some more credits before that that they may yeah. add because honestly those credits there were just the, like oh the, they cut help the pacing of that shot yeah. and hide hide something just a cut <laughs> spoiler it was cool though, which man. actually didn't have to hide the cut because they fixed it after but anyways it was kind of yeah that was a surprise to me too being like oh cool okay they, I, they I kept that part in. all right dude Sweet. i, I Code and Tim, I hope it made, I hope it brought a flashback to you guys in high school, you know, like a Cody, a Tim and Cody film. Like, how cool is that? That's like, fuck, you might as well be 18 years old again. I, I know that the premiere was the big part of it, and you had a couple mm -hmm. of different screenings there, and everything looked great. You got lots of positive reviews online, and this is just the start of the ball rolling. I know some of you have kind of mentioned some of like the great things about being at a festival like that because like as much as the local premiere is going to be uh exciting and there's going to be a lot emotionally at stake because you're like there's so many people in here that i love and respect i'm like i hope this goes over well but i'm mm. here to tell you it's going to go over just fine <laughs> thank you let's let's talk about like after the film was done or like those in-between moments like what's your uh what's your most memorable austin moment for each one of you when you're at fantastic fest outside of the screening of the premiere of the last video store hearing people run up to kevin and josh to take pictures with them as kevin and viper and kind of like Having that happen to you guys a few times after the screenings is really cool. At least for me, that felt really cool because I was like, okay, sweet. That means people will, people liked it for sure. That was like, for me, it was a good, yeah, judge of, of that. So, you know, directors were just hiding in the back. No, no one's going to run up to us. But to see that it was really sweet. Or at least I didn't see it, but I heard it happen a couple times. I'm sure Kevin and Josh can talk about it a bit more. But for me, uh, you know, it was funny, Zip, because like you know, like like we did the the cardinal mistake, as we felt at least from my point of view. You know, the Friday screening was nerve wracking, and uh, but we all had a great time. But it was so late uh, when the movie ended. Like, okay, well, let's go back to our Airbnb. So of course the next morning, I'm not gonna say who, but somebody in our review is like started reading reviews, which I didn't. I said, don't fucking go on the internet, man. There's gonna be uh, some haters out there, and sure enough, there was some negative reviews. And I don't know, we were all kind of feeling bummed, or I was, anyways, a little bit, a little bit. They just didn't get it. But then, uh, as you know, we I, we had a documentary crew following me around because they're still doing a doc on my video store of my life. And, and uh, one of the guys surprised us by making this montage video, which we didn't know they were going to do. And they sent it to us at our Airbnb. And uh, it was in the style of Terminator 2, which we had literally watched a couple nights earlier over beers and pizza. That was awesome. And uh, it just it just woken us all up. And it was it was super cool. And uh, for me, uh, uh, I'll skip kind of everybody asked their stories. The Monday screening, which was like three days after the original one, we were all like, ah, at least I was like, 
okay, you know, we'll go. We weren't as enthusiastic, you know, because we already had the, the world premiere over. But a cool thing about Monday was there was no critics there. It was just actual movie fans. And both theaters were sold out again. And uh, it was at 5 well, in the afternoon. There, so was when crit- ended- there, there, there was critics there. Oh, was there? Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that was even better than Cody because it was well, the that's Monday. How we, we got a bunch of reviews after that. Oh, as well. that right. That helped spin everything for us. Yeah, but but it, because because the Monday screening was at five in the afternoon, which means when the movie ended, me and Josh were hanging out uh, after. I think we all were. That's when the people were coming up to Josh and me. And uh, I don't know about Josh, but like I was like, I, I want to know a where are you from, and b why did you like it? And it was like Mexico City, New York, Dallas, Argentina, uh, you know, Washington, Canada. And I said, why did you like the movie? And I said. And they, you know, most people were like, because it was fun and I miss video stores. And I, I can't remember, it, Tim, I can't remember if it was you or maybe it was Brandon, but we were talking like, well, what were you expecting? You know, like, this is our Oscar. If somebody comes up to us and goes, I liked your movie because it was fun. It was, uh, and it reminded me how much I love video stores. I'm like, that's it. That that That's our award. And, and that's awesome, man. And th- that that's a memory I'll take. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Cody, you uh, talking with Jackie Kahn, where I'm like, oh, my God, it's Jackie Kahn. I need a picture with her. And she was amazing, by the way. That That's my my favorite. So, oh, and Jake West was our surrogate British father, who uh, we all had to give a group hug to because he was just a beautiful human being. Jake is one of the most beautiful people I've ever met in a film oh festival. Josh, can you do your impersonation of Jake West right now? Uh, I think that was a one-time deal to only Jake West. And- okay, I'll send Zip the video then privately so you can see it. I have it on my phone. There we go. But there go. Uh, yeah, what Cody was saying uh, after, you know, the well, what Kevin was saying about the reviews, but what Cody was saying about people coming up to us after the premiere um it, it's true you know it's it it was very it was it was you know surreal the yeah. only way i can really explain it and but it was also very you know uh the gratitude and you know the love for you know video stores and the love for movies and, you know we would just be at a, a cafe there'd be a couple they would walk by you know they'd whisper to themselves and i'd be sitting there and i'd be like oh shit like did did i like take their seat or something and they would come up to me and i'm like I'm so sorry. You know, you can have the table. And they're like, no, no, no. Are, are you Viper? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch the movie? They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You really. Oh, my God. We love it. We loved it. It was, it was like you completely captured uh, the early 90s, late 80s action hero. You know, and it was just I was like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, there was a lot of love and put into that. You know, it's um, it was absolutely, you know. I was shocked, you know, to to see people and how they react to it, and uh, I was I was blown away by how, you know, how much they loved it. But uh, it, you know, is it, you know how long did how long did that take, and you know, uh, you know how much love was put into it, and we, we'd always go into detail about you know the the last ten years we've been working on it. And we've all known each other for the last you know eighteen twenty years, but it's it's mostly for you know Kevin. And you know Kevin's the yeah uh, Kevin's the the sly one the silver tongued devil that can really speak to anyone's heart. Too kind, baby. You guys brought it out of me, you sons of bitches. I was totally content just being an underground video store guy. <laughs> what have you done to me? <laughs> I blame. <Kevin>. No. Well, <laughs> I blame Michael Bean. 
<laughs> Tim, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, like, I mean, obviously, an incredibly memorable time I'll never get to live again. Uh, but that, I think it was, uh, for me, probably the most memorable part was when we were on our way back to the uh back to the theater from the like barbecue and shotguns event as a part of uh fantastic fest a lot of the filmmakers get to go on a little excursion and get that uh you know true blue taste of texas um on the way back i got to sit up front with the founder of alamo draft house and the uh fantastic fest itself tim league and he would not stop you know, trying to get me to like tell him what was next for Viper. Um, and it was a lot of those, like a lot of conversations I was having where people just like, Oh, you know, what's next for the Beaver Lake, you know, what's next for Prey Stalker and Viper and like Workgate. And, you know, I think that that realization that the, the world I uh, had written uh, along with all my friends and, and developed with Josh Roach the uh, the co-writer like they those worlds were so rich and real in people's minds that they were like expecting more content to come out of that and that for me was probably the most like surreal and like satisfying moment that we were able to create such a rich base of you know fake movies like Taekwon Dad 4 and and stuff like that that people like they were endeared to although they don't necessarily exist people that truly understood and like loved the movie knew exactly kind of what movies we were, we were trying to like call on and, and reference. And I think that for me, like was just really validating for the like, you know, myriad of ideas that I have in my head that, you know, like people like this stuff and they want to see it. And although it's a bit of madness to get there, it's worth it to bring somebody the experience of like I am seen and and understood and I think that for me was just like yeah next next one let's go like nothing nothing can stop us now as long as we're together Voltron baby (laughs) (laughs) somebody writes that somebody writes that check Yes, somebody read that check. Or I was also thinking Starship. Nothing's gonna stop us now. As we kind of wind up, because all four of you've been very generous with your time, and and we favorite are- love, I, no rush. This is, oh, you were we were a therapist. Yep, you get us all together in a room. You're better than fucking Doctor Phil, yo. We better be paying you. Yeah, no shit, <laughs> Doctor Zip. <laughs> love it, Doctor Zip. Well, uh, you know, I do demand that the other staff members call me that, even though I don't have a doctorate. Uh, I just know enough doctors to be probably one. By osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah, you're sitting in a university. It's you're pretty much there. It's pretty much. Well, I think one of the things that, that we'll kind of wrap up with in this portion is for anybody that is listening to this and may not be have had the opportunity to either be in Austin or have the opportunity to see this uh, screening in Edmonton, or maybe are going to be, you know, in one of the other places it's going to screen, just to kind of let the audience know, depending on when they discover this. I think the thing that people get confused about is they're like the, the window from like, Oh, release to like, I get to see it immediately is so short now. And that that is not the case for an independent film like this. So maybe just kind of let the audience know about like, what's the trajectory of a project like this 
and and how it's going to slowly get seen and just that 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 process is really important instead of just like give it to everybody all at once yeah. right so on a project like this like it's critical to do your festival run obviously we're pretty late in the 2023 season um but we got a few like um already announced like festivals that we're a part of and you know a short list of other ones soon to follow so like very exciting stuff and and for a film like this that's best seen like in that theater setting or in a group of people um, that are all like-minded and you know truly love the video store I think it's like really important to kind of like let that festival run go for as long as possible because that's as many people seeing it as good as it you know like as as, as good as it can be honestly like we in that kind of uh, like community but like you know if if things go very well we'd be looking at like you know an early 2024 spring like early summer release um hopefully on a very uh large uh you know media platform basically we've made some pre-sales so like canada will see like hard copies there will be an analog copy in kevin's video store and other video stores around the country i store cinema shout out so that like we get a great little like we'll get a great case we'll get some behind the scenes we'll get blu-rays um hopefully even a limited vhs run um europe uh still kind of like balancing out what that market is i'm not terribly familiar with how they like to roll these kinds of things out but that market is kind of like dialed in so we're just looking to sell that american market and once we do um you'll definitely be able to find us on a streaming service uh hopefully of your choice yeah we have a pretty awesome uh sales team that that basically championed the project um from the from like the beginning of the frontiers that wants to get it out there so like tim said yeah hopefully early early spring 2024 yeah well uh depending on when you're listening to this hopefully uh, you are waiting with bated breath in order to see the last video story you can see you know kevin martin up on the screen battling it out with josh Lenner. As he, uh, he feels guilty about roughing up his good friend, Kevin Martin, you can see behind the scenes, maybe just imagine in your head, uh, stressed out Tim and Cody, making it all come together in front of your eyes at the Metro <laughs> on October 22nd. Is it, I know Kevin is within walking distance of the theater, but I hear that maybe there'll be a couple of other people there as well to do the Q&A afterwards. Who else will be in the house, gentlemen? You'll, you'll definitely we'll, see we'll, Cody and yeah. I. Yeah. I don't I, I won't speak for Josh, but I, I haven't been back to Edmonton actually for two years now. So it's like long overdue. Essentially once this project started. So like I definitely need to, to go to. go down to the old stomping grounds here. Josh, are you gonna be there? Uh, it's funny because you know, when I took off time from work, you know, it was like a, an un, there was no force in the world that was going to stop me to going to the premiere of the last video store in austin texas fantastic fest there was there was even a chance where they're just like well maybe we just won't let him go and everyone just looked at them and they're like you know josh will walk if you don't let him go he's been talking about this for a long time 
so now that I'm back, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I'll, you know, I'll work real hard. And, you know, that October 22nd uh, is coming up uh, real quick, but it is just one day that I'll just have to claim into my vacation time, baby. Yeah, because you're, you're Monday to Friday guy, right, Josh? I'm a Monday to Thursday, so you'll probably see me Friday. Baby love, and you make sure you take that Monday off because we are having the after party at the Black Dog Freehouse that night. That's setting the dust stone. Yeah. Is there going to be pizza? You can eat pizza in the Black Dog, right? You can pizza eat, you eat stuff? Black Dog, baby. Yeah. More importantly, they got a dartboard. All, that's, that's all I care about is that dartboard, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm I'm extremely appreciative for all of you to give up your time. I am uh, very very fortunate to uh, call all of you friends. Uh, you've been so kind to me uh, throughout the years, and even just taking your time to talk to us on the show, it's been incredible. And I really appreciated that you know you've shared that journey in so many different ways with us. It's been pretty incredible. I cannot tell you, I'm I'm so excited, <laughs> and and I I'm like I'm I'm. I'm really a little bit sad about the thing I have to do on the 22nd, but I'll be okay. But I'm just so excited just to see it, period, because uh, I don't know that I've ever had that opportunity other than every time I see my kids on stage and stuff like that. We do that stuff like that's hugely emotional for me, but I'm so excited to see this um, just from seeing you from the beginning of this to to the the, finally this manifesting itself and, and becoming what it always should have been and what you always hoped it would be. So it's not just a movie for me. I'm like, I'm seeing like my friend's dreams come true, uh, which is pretty incredible. And that's going to be a transformative experience. So uh, thank you all for talking now. I'm excited to talk to you after the movie um, for like 15 minutes. It will not, it will not be this long. <laughs> it will not be this long because, you know, there's drinking also that needs to be done. Yeah. This hasn't felt long at all, man. This feels yeah, like it's exactly. been 20 it's like, minutes. Yeah, like, the like, sequel is going to be like much longer. Dear Lord. You're, you're going to have to like sneak out the back. Soon. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I won't be yeah. editing much. I do not spend as much time editing as Cody does. That's for sure. Oh, no. Zip will throw this whole thing off. Just, it's like a raw steak. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you all so much for your time. October 22nd. Go check it out. The last video store. It's Edmonton premiere is going to be happening at the Metro Cinema. It's going to be an amazing party. Even if you don't know any of these gentlemen or anyone involved, you want to be there because you just don't get these kind of experiences in theaters that often. The energy is going to be palatable. People will walk past the theater and feel the heat. Butter will melt three blocks away. That's what's going to happen here with this premiere. Uh, so very excited for it. And if you miss that, I'm sure we'll keep you abreast uh, on other situations, uh, social media wise, as to where else you can see it. Or you can also see our dear good friend at the actual lobby on White Avenue. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear from him again on this show. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. you. I mean, the, movie, the movie is like everything is, 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 Okay, so you can say Everton is cool, baby. For sure. Everton is cool. 100%. Kevin's already dropped like seven F bombs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a shirt that says Everton yeah. I expect somebody wearing it in the theater. I will remind. That's all. I, I don't know. I just figured that would be, that's like maybe two or three scotch, you know, just loose. That's a loose Kev. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I'm about uh, two scotches in. This, this is an uh, 18 year old scotch, too. Yeah. 
Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, fancy. Always keeping it classy. Uh, gentlemen, I love you all. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you on the 22nd. Heck yeah. Thank you. Take care. Beautiful. Thank you. Coming out the movie, and, and this is going to get infected. You need to go to the hospital. I'll be fine. That was her only way out. What about this door? No, that's employees only. So? It's a storage room. There's nothing in there but junk. We are stuck here? With that? Pretty much. I think I know what it could be, but I don't want to sound weird. It was weird when I came in here. Legend has it. Dreaded video Nomicon is imbued with the most heinous of cinematic evils. Ominous, nostalgic presence lurking beyond our realm haunting those who watch it. It's been lost for decades, but somehow your dad discovered it, and I'm guessing he sent it my way to make up for those late fees. There's no question now that this is that same cursed tape. What do you mean cursed? Yeah, it's a tape that you should never play, but if you do, bad things happen. Bad things? Yep. Bad things. Bad things are about to happen to you if you don't can figure this out. Lady. I survived the format wars. Give it your best shot. Ah.